Hi, welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl, Discovering Good and God. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm on a quest to discover and celebrate things that are positive, true, excellent, and praiseworthy, which inspire me to gratitude. Now, you know, I love this first segment, which we call Epicurean Adventures. It's the part of the show where I randomly select a recipe and serendipitously try it out and report back to you. If you've been listening along, you'll know that we're in Joanna Gaines' Magnolia Table, Volume 1, and we've had some wonderful recipes from the brie with apple slices, which was melted in the oven and was delicious, to my favorite so far, the Gaines Brother Burger with the incomparable jalapeno drip jam. I could just eat the jam all by itself. Really, it's that good. But this time, my finger randomly landed on the page that held country potato soup with crumbled bacon. Now, my family loves potato soup, especially our son. And this is great potato soup. You get to cook the bacon, fresh bacon, in the oven and then crumble it up for a garnish. Nothing like it. And we took butter, garlic, and then sautéed onions, carrots, celery. Of course, we added potatoes, lots of chicken broth, a little bit of whole milk, not too much. And then we garnished it with the bacon and two kinds of sharp cheese and fresh thyme. Now, I got to thinking, some of the ingredients in this soup, like the flour that you use to help thicken it, they're not so good on their own. Raw potato, which you really should not eat. It's not good for you. Garlic, who sits around eating spoonfuls of raw garlic. And sticks of butter. When's the last time you'd been chowing down on a stick of butter? (laughs) But when you take these ingredients and you apply a little bit of heat, it transforms them chemically and it transforms them, I think chemically, science is not my strong point, but I know it does transform them as in state of matter into something muy delicioso. And that got me thinking about a geode that I just happened to walk by and I noticed again how beautiful it is. And you're like, geode and cooking. Okay, hang with me. You know, you take just a plain old rock by itself. It might not be so pretty, but a geode is a special kind of rock. It is plain on the outside, but on the inside it has a hollow, hollowed out cavity in which water can pass through the rock and leave behind mineral deposits like quartz and amethyst, and they will begin to build the most beautiful array of crystals, and it's just so gleaming and shining. It's beautiful. And geodes, look them up sometime. They are so popular. They can come in thousands of dollars to get one, depending on how big they are and what's inside it. But it's like a little surprise. I was totally surprised by the beauty in this geode. And yet when the geode is impacted by intense heat, it transforms it into something beautiful. And it is that very heat that helps to transform it. Now, let me tell you a little bit about what I learned about geodes. They are found in places like deserts, where it's extremely hot. They are also found as bubbles. They can form as 
trapped gas bubbles in volcanic lava flow that hardens, of course, into volcanic rock. And that gas bubble stays permanently. And sometimes, not to get too scientific, but the outside of the geode will form quickly, which allows it to be durable, and it protects that that bubble, that cavity inside, that's empty. And then when water flows through it, because it's a porous rock, then it leaves behind mineral deposits. And because they have that room that the heat created because it trapped the bubbles, or sometimes when it's in the soil where there's a hollowed-out area where there's tree roots or an animal burrow, that's also where geodes can form. But what happens is... Crystals can grow in that open spot that was created largely by the heat. So when you apply heat to a rock, you can create something beautiful on the inside. And there is a lesson in that, I think. Because when I think about our lives, you know, there's something we can discover from the simple yet breathtakingly beautiful geode. Like, number one, life can be hard. And if you have a geode, or if you can get one, and if you have children or grandchildren, this makes a wonderful visual example of a truth that I think is evident with geodes. Life can be hard. Life can be rocky, just like the outside of the geode. But God is always up to something good, even if we can't see it, especially even if we can't see it. He is always up to something good. Just like geodes, we can experience challenging circumstances which exert pressure or turn up the heat in our lives, so to speak. Have you ever heard the story of Joseph? Joseph was an Israelite that takes up, his story takes up most of the last part or the latter part of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. And I highly encourage you to read it. But He was one of 12 brothers. They became the 12 tribes of Israel. And he was rejected by his brothers. He was almost murdered by his brothers. And then he was trafficked as a human slave to the nation of Egypt by his jealous brothers because he had this special coat that his father gave him, kind of set him up for trouble there. And He just was not well-liked by his brothers because he was perceived to be the favorite. He was the favorite of his father. There's a lesson in that right there. But he got carted off to Egypt as a slave, and yet God was with him. And he got promoted to being like the number one servant for a guy named Potiphar, an Egyptian, until Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of a crime he did not commit. And even though he was innocent, he got thrown into jail. So now not only was he a servant and a slave, now he's in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And yet over and over in Genesis, it says that God was with him and that whatever he did prospered, basically. Joseph ended up being in prison for years, even after two officials that he helped with interpreting a dream because God gave him interpretations of a dream about what was going to happen to these two Egyptian officials that served the Pharaoh. One of them promised, I'll get you out of here. I'll put in a good word for you. And then he kind of forgot. So then Joseph is still in jail. Yet he was in charge of many of the prisoners because he was so trusted and he was so blessed, even while he's having this really tough, rocky, hard life. And yet, as we find out in Genesis chapter 45, the reason that he was 
undergoing all of these trials and all this adversity was for something good. He says in Genesis chapter 45, during a seven-year famine, and when his brothers come, and they don't even recognize him, and they're coming to try and buy food because the famine is in Israel too, in what would be, go on to become Israel. And they're hungry, and they don't recognize him, but eventually he reveals himself to them, and they're afraid for their lives because they know what they did to Joseph, and they know what they deserve. But he says in Genesis 45, verses 5 and 6, he says, And now do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth. You see, God had worked some wonderful geode-like qualities within Joseph's heart. He was able to forgive his brothers, and he was able to have faith and trust God and get so mature in his faith that he could see that God had put him there all those years before for this very purpose, to help deliver much of the known world from a very long famine. So not only can we learn that God is up to something good when we go through trials, but when we experience trials, God like he did in Joseph, is creating beauty within us. You know, just like geodes have cavities inside and they have empty places within, we can experience emptiness and voids from life, from dreams that didn't come true, from things that we didn't anticipate. But all of this is fertile ground. For God to fill our hearts with his love, does it get any better than this? Romans 5 verse 3 says, We also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Wow. So when you go through trials, if we're trusting God, our suffering can produce perseverance, character, and hope. And that hope does not disappoint because God is pouring out His love into our hearts. That's incredible. God pouring his love into our very hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And the Holy Spirit lives within our heart as well. So we're never alone when we go through these trials. So not only is God up to something good, not only is God creating beauty within us and pouring his love into our hearts, but he's making us his masterpieces, mature, lacking nothing through these very trials and hard times. You see, just as God transforms the rocks with cavities inside into beautiful masterpieces filled with beautiful amethyst, crystals, or other minerals, He fashions beauty in our hearts from even all the tough experiences He allows us to go through. And ultimately, He's after maturity in our faith so that we are complete and lacking nothing. James 1 verses 2 and 3 say, Consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, the masterpiece that God is making of us is changing our hearts so that we're more like Jesus in how we think and how we act. But he wants us also to have that strong faith, the same strong faith that Joseph had because he made the choice 
to keep trusting God no matter what he was going through. He may not have liked it. He may have poured his heart out to God about it, which, of course, we can do. But he made the choice to trust. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And Job, who went through more trials than any other human, I think, in Job 23.10, while he was still undergoing his trial, Job said, When he, God, has tried me, I shall come forth as good as gold from the furnace. I shall come forth purified. You know, it's not a question of if you're going to have trials. We're going to have trouble. God told us, Jesus told us, in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But God uses these trials to transform us who have put our faith in Jesus. Just like the butter stick, the raw onion, and the raw potato may not be good by themselves, God transforms us through His Holy Spirit who allows the heat and the harshness of life's trials and heartaches to transform us into the beautiful people He sees we have the capacity to be if we will just cooperate with Him and not resist the process. God is forming something beautiful in you, and it may be hidden right now, even to you, but if you just trust Him like Job and Joseph, it will one day all be made clear, just like the cracking open of a beautiful geode that most people never even knew was even forming, but God did. You know, if you've never entered into a relationship with God through putting your faith in Jesus Christ and what He's done for you, I really encourage you to get a free Bible app or a Bible or just Google the book of John, Bible, and begin to read how much God loves you and what Jesus has done for you on the cross and through His resurrection. Well, that's it for this episode. This is Serendipity Girl saying thanks for listening. If this encourages you, Tell a friend about this podcast. They can tune in on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcast, and more. Until next time, have a serendipitous day. <laughs>